2: Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Fabers back after a long weekend, live from separate locations. Futures are solid after Monday's record Nasdaq close, S&P green for the year as we enter the heart of earnings season with Coke and Lockheed. Mnuchin and Pelosi meet on an extension of benefits today. And the EU gets its own historic package, Euro four-month high this morning. Jim, you've been going back and forth with uh, Portnoy on what you say are amazing, insane moves that can continue.
1: Yeah, I mean, we understand. There's been too much comparison in 1999. 1999 was never like this. I mean, you had a lot of crummy companies that would go up a lot, but nothing like this. I mean, we have major trillion dollar companies that are going up at a pace that we've obviously never seen because we didn't have trillion dollar companies before. But I do think that uh, my friend, my friend, David Bordoy, he's got a a, a big cohort (laughs) saying that stocks only go up. And I'm just giving him this is frightening. I'm giving a little bit of homage here. Because yes, if you got in when when uh, Davey Davy Day, Day, Trade got in, I mean, all you've seen is up. So it's not wrong for him to you look at that. I mean, the guy got in. I think it like March 23rd when he decided to take the suits on directly. And I, I got up this morning. I said, "Geez, maybe I should wear jeans." I don't want to be like wrong. I don't want to be the other side of the trade of this guy. His timing is exceptional. Now, he's not a guru. He's not a Joe Granville. He's not some of the big companies, you know, big mock, uh, unbelievable gurus who came on. But it is just time to admit that these moves are crazy. Uh, Now, that doesn't mean crazy. Uh, Crazy may be the last thing you have before something's a great idea. But when you look at these charts, you are reminded that these are not two dollar stocks going to four. And that's what I was thinking.
2: Right. G- Jim, some viewers uh, make the point that ninety nine uh, wasn't just pets.com, It was Dell and Cisco and Intel and EMC and Nokia. I mean, it wasn't they weren't all money losing uh, babies on the Web.
1: No, but those were all companies that when you just named those were all companies that were uh, going to blow things out because of uh, the dot coms. Uh, Intel uh, was data. Was people thought that there would be an early run for what turned out to be data centers? Um, If anyone remembers the run in Cisco, Cisco was the backbone of the internet. Uh, But I've got a a run of the companies that became uh, billion, multi-billion dollar companies during that period, and a lot of them do not exist. And some of them finally got back to they were. But I just think this is animal spirits like I've never seen. And I don't. uh, Those gains that we had with Cisco and Intel are nothing like this. I I think that maybe index money, 60 percent of the money is indexed in this market. They're not sellers. The insiders are not sellers. The ETF buyers are insane. They come in, they blitz stocks and you get people who think that stocks uh, only go up and they attract a lot more money, dude.
3: Yes, they do. Listen, your points uh, well taken, Jim. I mean, we all remember that period, having reported on it. uh, You know, every single hour of every day, it was so frantic for years. And there were plenty of companies that did not have a business model of any kind other than the word "internet" in it that went up a great deal. There were plenty of IPOs that lacked in quality. I mean, the quality of IPOs then versus now—you can't really even compare. Far higher quality now. It's not even a comparison. And but to your point. Qualcomm, great company, but I don't know that it's ever regained the highs it saw then. I might be wrong. Cisco was a half a trillion dollar market cap. At one point, the largest market cap company out there. Uh, it has not ever regained that level. Uh, and so, you know, that's got to be at least some sort of a warning sign. And you've got this st- stuff starting to go around yesterday, guys. I don't know if you noticed. There was a note out that the XPX closed. Um, Or rose more than fifty basis points, while eight sectors declined, and that's only happened one other time, February twenty
1: third, two thousand. Ooh, one month. Well, actually, no, less than that. Four weeks before the top, of which we did never see again. March tenth was the top. Let's understand that the people that that did think that stocks only go up back then are are not with us, Um, and that doesn't mean that it wasn't a great ride if they took money off the table. Uh, I think that some money, my chapel trust took some Amazon off. I thought, I thought I'd never take Amazon off, but frankly, it became 8% <laughs> really? of the trust. It was 8% of the trust becoming the Amazon well, fund. I mean, yeah.
2: Jim, um, the NDX, half, 49% of the NDX is now six names. Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Google, and Tesla.
1: Um, uh, Murderer's Yesterday's breadth on, what's that? It's Murderer's Row. It's the Yankees in twenty seven. I mean, they had a better lineup than everybody. Maybe <laughs> that's all it is. Maybe what Portnoy is saying, and he's a guy, people don't know him, as L. president, uh, Barstool. Um, maybe it's the murderer's row. Maybe no one, I mean, anyone who's ever played Stratomatic, boy, am I dating myself, knows you could never go against the Yankees because they had six guys that represented, a t- uh, they were better than everybody else on every team. And I feel like that's what we have. We have companies like Microsoft. No one is going, Microsoft's a monopoly in itself. All right, but... What? But, but,
3: Jim, when did these things get to a level? You were actually, the other day, uh, you were getting somewhat uncomfortable with the 36 times earnings that Microsoft was trading at. I, I look at and, can- and By the way, you know, compared now, again, I mean, I remember, back, again, back to 98, what Yahoo traded at 50, 60, 80 times revenues. Right. Um, another company that never saw anything close to its highs, of course, that it, was, that it, that it reached at okay. that point. But at what point here does valuation start to play a role, or is that simply not going to be part of the
1: conversation? Well, that's the problem, David. I think when I say things are insane, I feel like that this whole notion of using valuation has somehow gone out the window. And what you need to figure out is right, how well, that's not. That's owned. the
3: nin- Then that's the late 90s well, again, well, right? No, right? No, that's oh, that okay, period. But
1: for a different reason, for different reason. How do you bring out sellers when all you have, you have insiders who don't seem to want to sell. You have index funds that kind of, let's just admit, rarely sell. You have a lot of new money coming in and you don't have any supply. These pictures that you're seeing are pictures of stocks, Carl, where there's just no supply. And I don't know where it is, and I don't know when we find it. When we do, when there's all mm-hmm. sorts of insider selling. If Peloton right now came out with 40, like, look at Nik- uh, Nicola. I was almost called Nicola. It Nikita. Nicola. I mean, they yeah. finally got some supply, and then <laughs> it turns, then Coca-Cola's Nicola. Is better than Nicola.
2: <laughs> Nikola. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jim, one last thing, because I know uh, David's got eBay, but um, Datatrek this morning says, if you want to figure this all out, look to the VIX, uh, and watch to see if it gets and stays below 20, which it never really did in 99. And that, years after the fact, became a pretty obvious tell.
1: Right. Well, look, the S&P uh, oscillator that I use is still not overbought despite this. Because, Carl, as you say, it's just a few stocks. And a lot of other stocks are not doing well. Uh, we don't talk about it enough. I mean, look, if you bought American Airlines on the deal, or you know, you're not good. I mean, the stocks that trade very heavily right now are still the cruise stocks. There, there's still the airline stocks. I mean, but you've got a stock like Facebook. OK, I mean, your Coca-Cola just said the other Disney. They've all, they're all pulling out and Facebook keeps going up. Why? Because the small and medium sized business continues to advertise on Instagram stories. I think the biggest thing we have to worry about is what happens. How many people are taking that extra six hundred dollars for unemployment, giving it to Robin Hood and buying ETFs that include the six, the magnificent six, whatever it is. And I think that that's worrisome to me, but that does not mean they go down. (laughs) It's unbelievable. If we don't admit that it's unbelievable, we're crazy. And maybe we are crazy. Is Portnoy <laughs> sane? People don't know who Portnoy is. They it just know that they know, a... all they know is Roth, Philip Roth, right? The guy's a complainer. Um, <laughs> a sane uh, man. Right, Roth. A sane I mean, man
3: is judged insane in an insane society. Yeah. You remember that one. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. You know, uh, American pastoral is Portnoy, right? I mean, isn't that really? I mean, the, until this guy surfaced, I mean, uh, I loved, uh, I, I, I absolutely love Roth. He went to Bucknell. He gave this uh, commencement speech before I did. There you go. Put myself in the same sentence as Roth. David, how arrogant is that?
3: Uh, well, you know, you've known few bounds when it comes to arrogance, but that's OK. <laughs> much, much of it's deserved, Jim. Much. Um, guys, do we want to talk about the eBay deal this morning? I think we should. Um, it's one of the larger deals we've seen. Uh, you know, a uh, headline, by the way, $9.2 billion, but not necessarily the uh, route that some had thought they would go in terms of the sale of the classified business of eBay. You can see the stock is looking up. It's had a great run already. Of course, it has benefited from the pandemic, the platform seeing traffic that it had not previously seen as uh, people uh, more and more shop from home. Of course, Um, the classified sale had been in the process for some time. There'd been a number of potential buyers. We thought the bids might come in in the low eight billion, but they got nine point two. But it's more than that already. Because of the structure of the deal. And again, that's where I get back to something that I think is a bit of a surprise. There had been an expectation that eBay would potentially sell classifieds for cash. Simplify the business in a significant way, which is what many of their shareholders, including Elliott, had been pushing for. Instead, they go for a deal in which they will get two and a half billion in cash and 44 percent ownership of Norway's uh, Aventa. Take a look at Shares of Adavinta this morning, because they are talking about estimated annual synergies of about 150 to 180 million. And that has captured the imagination of of shareholders of that company. And so the overall value of the deal has just gone up dramatically. And so it would appear that perhaps eBay made the right choice here. I'm told there was a private equity bid roughly that was in the nine billion range NASPERS, well-known company, uh, was also in there, but there was a concern that eventually NASPERS might compete with the core marketplace business at eBay. So they choose this more complex deal in which they will own 44% of Adavinta uh, and potentially sell it down over time, Jim. But it looks like at least based on that move in that stock, Perhaps the right deal, because wow. this is not a $9.2 billion deal anymore. It's
1: closer to an $11 billion deal. That was a great deal. I always thought that business was worth more. I also thought, by the way, the stub-up was worth more. But it, with no games, it's hard to, and no concert, stub-up is a curious. It's just a stub-up yeah, they're stub lucky up. when they sold it when they did. That's yes, for they, sure. they, they yeah, did well. I mean, but mean, their David, timing was great on that. I want to ask you, yeah. David, um, in the running, were there any SPACs in the running to get this? <laughs> no. No, you, know, no I, you know, I know another half dozen that SPACs I'm aware are about of. To con- that are about to hit this market. I know. Well, David, what do we do I, about I, that? Know, what you does it do say?
3: The, you, you can do the SPAC attack report today if you want, Jim, <laughs> if you got them. I, it's incredible. Um, it has generated an enormous amount of fees on the capital market side for, you know, Citi, Credit Suisse. A number of these banks are very active in this area. But everybody is, and everybody wants to do a SPAC. That said, this is not a, a company that was looking at uh, rolling into a public entity, uh, as, of course, really what SPACs are is another alternative to a IPO, remember. Um, but on this deal, Jim, back to eBay for a moment. You know, you are left now with the core marketplace business with the new CEO, Jamie Inone, uh and uh, who ran... Uh, e-commerce, of course, at Walmart. And we'll see. The stock has done extraordinarily well because they've seen already a significant increase in terms of traffic to the platform. But, um, you know, I think he's looking for opportunities to sort of reimagine the company at this point. And there's a hope amongst their shareholders with StubHub out, with at least having monetized classifieds, that the focus on organic growth at the the core marketplace will, uh, will actually Prove successful.
1: All right. So, Carl, you look at eBay, you look at that chart and you have to say to yourself, you know what, eBay, which had gone up huge in, in, ahead of this, turned out to be valued much valued much high, more highly than we thought it was. And I think that what you might see, I mean, when you see something today about Amazon and raising numbers, I mean, maybe what's really happened is, is that there's a moment in capitalism. David's going to hate this. So maybe David can step off and make some calls. There's a moment in capitalism <laughs> where we just decide, you know what? We value, we undervalued these companies that took over the world. Amazon took it over. Microsoft took it over. And we just had they were just incorrectly valued. And that's really your hope. And, and eBay is a little bit more on a, a microcosm. But look at that. When Devin Winning was running, we thought it was worth like 25. It turned out to be worth a lot more. So the bulls have to hope, you know what? There's a revolution going on and stocks were valued incorrectly. Uh, and now we have to change the way we view things.
2: Yeah, oh. maybe questions for uh, Bezos, who is scheduled to testify, uh, Jim, next week. We'll take a quick break here. We will get to the earnings of the day. Uh, Coke, Lockheed, IBM from last night. We'll talk to James Quincy in our next hour. Sarah Eisen will bring that and we'll highlight tonight's Snap UAL Texan news. Uh, Biden with part three of his economic plan today. Street high on Facebook, a downgrade downgraded Tesla. There's a lot to get to
4: in a moment.
2: Coke's up 3% pre-market despite uh, organic revenue, Jim, down 26, which uh, as far as our databases go, you've got to go back a quarter century, almost 30 years to see a number that bad in a quarter.
1: Well, but I, I think that James, we speak to James, he's, he's rather upbeat because the quarter as it went on did get better. Remember, his company is heavily exposed to restaurants. Uh, quick serve, too, is uh, better than just the fine dining. Uh, heavily exposed to uh, cafeterias uh, and not it cannot be made up with supermarket and e-com sales. But I have a tremendous faith that this that this, the worst is over. Things can come back. And there I look at the model, as he does, of China. Which is starting to do much better. And I think that that will carry over. Obviously, if we reclose, it's not good. And a very small percentage of his business is just traditional restaurants that are uh, not coming back. So I, th- I think the cadence of the quarter, as they say on these calls, was very positive.
2: Yeah, yep. we'll see what Quincy says in the next hour. Sarah's going to bring him. Yeah, uh, he did talk about, Jim, something that we, we see repeatedly from other companies, and that is uh, rationalization of the uh, offering, right? SKU zombies, I think he calls them, which yeah, will but, be called.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody just you just have to have sent send fewer SKUs. And I, uh, I think that the toughest thing, when I talked to James, the, the toughest thing is I said, listen, I ordered a couple cartons of, uh, of Coke Zero. Um, and he came, and I love it, and I thought that that would be the beginning. of. I thought others would do, would do the same, and it was done at the beginning, but it's not being done as much now. And so while I like that the stock is up, I don't know if it can stay up because these stocks are not the stocks that people love. Uh, these are unwanted stocks. And I just say that PepsiCo had a great quarter. If you look at Frito-Lay, where they also rationalized the SKUs, you would think that Pepsi has got to be ramping here because it was much better than Coca-Cola when it comes to Frito-Lay. No, I mean, yes, yeah, got the greatest chart in the book and stocks do only go up. I said I'd mention that this segment. <laughs> but uh, PepsiCo is a better stock doing than Coca-Cola. But right now, people are just enamored with Coca-Cola because it's just done nothing for so long. How about Warren Buffett with Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola Wells Fargo? and I mean, you know, the, the Occidental. American preferred. Express. American Express, yeah. David, thank you. Uh, yeah. Airlines. You're welcome. So, he, yep. you know. Well, no longer. Doesn't own the airlines
3: anymore. We should point
1: that no, out. No, that's yeah. true. So. But I know that David Portnoy did say that uh, he's not at the top of the game anyways. Warren Buffett's not at the top oh, of his game. Man. Yeah. And you know what? I
3: heard you say in the last segment, something that we used to hear a lot, that it you were sort of saying it's
1: different this time. That's kind of what I heard you okay. say. OK. When it go, when trillion dollar stocks, David, go up 50 billion dollars in, in a couple of sessions, am I supposed to just say that that's the same? This time's the same. No, they go up it's, 50 billion a day. No, no.
3: but you're but you're. But are you making the, uh, are you changing your own assumptions to adjust to the reality as opposed to sticking with them? No, uh, it's insane. Because we've seen, sometimes we've seen this movie before. Or, I mean, listen, you may be right. Maybe the world is going to be dominated by six giant companies. Maybe. They'll be never strong. be broken up. They'll never be taken to heat in, in some way in terms of their market power. And their, and their values will just continue it, to go, David, I mean, I don't know, Amazon will be $3
1: trillion. It's a virus that's escaped, right? Right. Well, you give me that. It's a virus. It's escaped. Right. And yeah. when did the virus last yeah. escape? It escaped in the book, The Stand. And nobody got through, through. You know, everyone died at the Lincoln Tunnel scene. And there was just a few people. One percent of the people managed to survive, even less, in The Stand. Stephen King, tremendous precursor to what happened. The one percent of the stocks we talk about, the 99, David, they never got through the Lincoln Tunnel. OK. All right. Carl, I think you have to that's, go to novels pretty, to understand what pretty, this is. Uh, novels. Look at pretty this. Pretty morose view, but thank you. Well, yeah. the pulverizer. I mean, take a look. Coca-Cola down twenty-eight percent. Amazon might be up twenty-eight percent. And David, you used to talk about Amazon Web Services. Now you're poo-pooing it.
3: No, I'm not poo-pooing it. I mean, Amazon is an incredible company in every way. I, I'm. One point six trillion dollar market Amazon's value. Amazon's up seventy-three percent this year. Babe, Bruce, Tesla. Tesla up 292% yep. this year. Netflix up 50 f- I mean, it's, it's fascinating, to your point.
1: The Yankees. Yeah, The only time I've ever Bezos seen. Bezos'
2: net worth, guys, up $13 billion yesterday. One well, he, day, $13 billion. He, Unbelievable. He's, he's having and we'll a good We'll take another year. break here get to some of the other names of the morning <laughs> when Squawk of the Street comes back.
4: You seek the key.
2: As Jim said on Twitter last night, very few thought IBM could have this good a quarter. 218 beats by 11 cents, revenue ahead, and it is among the actually the top Dow gainer pre market this morning. We'll get the opening bell in just over six minutes.
3: All right. uh, Carl had mentioned IBM briefly there. Let's get uh, into the earnings a bit more on the mad dash. Jim, let me just set you up. Revenue was 18.1 billion. It was down 1.9 percent when you adjust for divested businesses and currency. And obviously, cloud seems to be where they want us to focus. It is where the growth is. What
1: stood out to you? Well, look, I think that this was the quarter where you realized that the Red Hat acquisition was everything people were hoping for. That Red Hat had a, just a two or three huge deals each quarter. They're now getting 10 deals because the combination of IBM and Red Hat for companies who want a hybrid cloud, meaning some internal and some external, they're going to they're, look, they're going to VM where we know that. But they're also going to IBM. And IBM is uh, when I spoke to, to Arvind Christian yesterday, this is a confident company that is going to deal with the com- with the divisions that have shown these endless 5% and 6% declines. Global technical services, You're not, they're not going to hold this company back anymore. This company may even split up, I, I felt after the conference call. They are going to wow. get out of businesses that are bad. This is still a buy. The balance sheet is better than it was. 5% yield, mm-hmm. uh, Red Hat uh, paying off instantly. Uh, much for earlier, and a lot of people thought I like the stock. It's is it is it Alphabet? Is it Microsoft? Uh, Amazon? No. no, nobody is. Nobody's no. in the 27 it's, it's Yankees a, it's, except for the 28 Yankees. But I do IBM think David, is less than a tenth. It's small. Yeah, go ahead, Jim. It's sorry, it's a small cap versus yeah. what we're talking about because it, that, it that, fell That behind. was just
3: what I was going to say.
1: It's a small. Cap, yeah, it's
3: David. less than a tenth the size. I mean, it's a you fifteenth know, the size. But by the way, it's still generated over the last 12 months, Jim. Eleven and a half billion of
1: free cash flow. That's why the dividend on one hundred and ten yeah.
3: billion or so market value. I mean, that's not a that's a pretty low. Multiple it's on not. Free it's cash flow, very inexpensive. Perhaps stock. some would think so.
1: I think that I think that uh, that Arvind Krishna has a new attitude. Look, New CEOs come in and they do things. Jenny Rometty had one view. I just listened to the call, and frankly there's a division that was called out basically is not good on the conference call. And, that's, and that means I don't think it's acceptable to him, but this, the red hat deal, look, he's from the cloud. Arvin's from the cloud, and I, I liked talking to him yesterday. I felt that, that this was a breakout quarter for them, and since it's only a uh, hundred billion, I can't believe I said that. It is an interesting opportunity. It's a slower-growing company, but for those who actually like value, it's the best of the value tech stocks. Same for
3: something, okay? Uh,
1: okay. Uh, yeah, David Track's supply was down? No, and we're
3: gonna and Carl, we're gonna watch it up today, uh, of course, as we keep an eye on the broader market opening, of which will begin in about twenty seconds.
2: Yeah, yeah, guys, there's a lot to watch. I and mean, we'll get to some of the other names moving today, Jim. Uh, on a policy front, we'll uh, watch Mnuchin and Pelosi meet. Uh, Mnuchin's talking a trillion dollars. There's the opening bell, which is less than half of what the Democrats want, want on Stimulus 5. Uh, McCarthy was on Squawk, Jim, and said, don't expect a deal until August, which would imply that we are going to see some of these benefits uh, physically run out, at least for a short term.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm going to speak to, to uh Madam Speaker, tomorrow, I I don't think that they can afford to have what the leader said this morning. There's just too much money uh, on the line. I know we also get kind of convoluted when you start talking about the payroll tax cut. I mean, what's really neat is money in the the hands of Americans uh, who, remember, 70 percent of the people uh, are making more with unemployment right now with the additional 600 uh, than they did at their job. The problem is their job probably doesn't exist anymore. And I think that we have to start being much more targeted in industries that were closed by the pandemic and through no fault of people's own instead of just being uh, across the board. And I know that the Republicans believe that that Speaker Pelosi has all these different goodies that have nothing to do with uh, anything having to do specifically with the uh, with the pandemic. Uh, But the fact that they're talking is good. They're not just standing there saying, you know, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci. No, Dr. Fauci. I mean, that seems to be he seems to be the football, excuse me, baseball. He's throwing out the first pitch, which to me tells me he's a good guy. I actually thought he's a good guy all along. But we have to recognize that the animosity between uh, the president and the Democrats seems not as it's just not as vehement with with Secretary Mnuchin. I mean,
2: it's just not. Uh, Fauci on NPR this morning. Uh, Fauci on NPR said he was pleased about the president tweeting a picture of him uh, in a mask and said uh, we may have turned the corner uh, in terms of a consistent message on mask, Jim. I noticed Winn-Dixie over, overnight had a, had resisted uh, mask policy. They changed their mind. Wow. They said they had evolved and they will re- re- they will require it. So I'm, maybe on the margin, Jim, that's what stocks are responding to is a cheaper, easier Uh, mitigation method rather than shutdowns. I mean, 3270 this morning. You're going to see a big decline
1: if that happens. You will absolutely see a big decline. Now, a lot of people didn't believe Mark Benioff when he came with Mad Money when he announced the contest to be able to develop the the, uh, most stylish masks to get people to wear them. But Mark's talking about if we just didn't wear them, if we wore them for three weeks, three weeks in a row, it would change things dramatically. And the leaders in this right now are the retailers. I, I think that those who want to doubt Mark on that, you just have to look at Vietnam, Taiwan. You know, look at the countries, by the way, that were hit badly by SARS. Taiwan did a dry run. It's pretty amazing. I know he said, Mark said that Japan had, only, only, uh, had very few deaths. They do. It, it's, it's for real. The mask is for real. It's cumbersome. I got a mask right now that's kind of like Spider-Man. I think it's really cool. This is the Honeywell mask. Look at this with a filter. I mean, you know, I'm just mm. I put this on last night. My daughter said, Dad, you're home. I said, no, I kind of like I It's like the feel of it. <laughs> uh, oh, I, don't. Uh,
3: I don't. Jim, oh, uh, I don't.
1: What are you? What, are you one of no. those people, David, that uh, you live no, free and die? Are it. you one of those?
3: No, not in any way, shape or form. You know that I wear it. When I'm walking on the street in New York City, absolutely. Certainly would wear it if I ever went inside anywhere, which I try not to.
1: There you go. Okay, that's important.
3: (laughs) Um, So, yeah, no, there's no no doubt. And your point is, listen, we know the numbers from countries like Taiwan or Japan or Vietnam. They're stunning. And we know our own numbers, uh, which are also stunning for a different reason. Uh, And but meanwhile, guys, the the threat of further lockdowns, California comes to mind does not seem to be playing out in the stock market. There just does not seem to be that much concern about the economic toll if we were to reverse even more from where we are in those hard-hit states right now, which have already tried to undertake mitigation efforts, but may have to do more.
1: But it is limited, David. It is limited. Uh, we're still seeing a concentration in certain stocks. It's not the retailers. It's not healthcare. care. Right. It's not the banks. It's very few of the industrials. Uh, it's not aerospace. It's not travel and leisure. Uh, so let, let's admit. Let's give those six ten. What? Let's give the cloud stocks their due. Uh, but a lot of other stocks could uh, could take off if we just somehow. If everybody felt that a, a mask was. I mean, that's why the the president was right to wear a mask because it could really really help us. And this "give me convenience or give me death" attitude might be over.
2: Hmm. Jim, we are seeing some good action well, out of energy. Certainty. I wonder if you think that's a, Chev- a Chevron halo. By yeah. the way, gold and silver, Jim, uh, we're watching. As it does look like uh, whether you think this has any impact, Judy Shelton will get past Senate banking now.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, when you have interest rates as low as they are, the, the, textbook, the textbook says go buy gold. And that's what people been doing. And go buy silver when you don't have an industrial recession. And Judy Shelton will certainly make that uh, make it so that there's even more interest. But... I am. Oh, look, I'm just astonished at, at just that handful of stocks that people just buy, and they have new And then what happens is tomorrow you come in, and price targets are bumped again, and you just keep getting the same stocks over and over. And I, they have to cool off. How about that, like, David? Do you think yeah. that they they, they they have to cool off? No, they, 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 don't they have to cool off? I, I don't know. You you uh, no,
3: I, I don't know. Uh, this is not my area. Uh,
1: you know, I leave this
3: to you. You just punch Comment, it. Commentary. Right, OK, on the this? I'll give you your I, area. I punch, I Mike punch.
1: Worth came in yeah. and bought a company for five yeah. billion. And, OK, are you with yes. me? <laughs> and that company yes. is worth more than Anadarko. I'd rather have Noble because the Nia <laughs> I David, you. you're underestimating you the Nia right. properties I, in Colorado. Yep. I think that, that Noble, what did it, Occidental pay? Was it something like fifty five billion?
3: Uh, It was an enormous sum. And of course, yeah, we detailed every single move in that fight with Chevron, which chose to walk away very smartly, of course, in retrospect. There had been some speculation, perhaps that they might come back for the entire thing, that being Anadarko. That was not true. I think we put that to rest some time ago. But your point's a good one. I think it's interesting you think that this deal is a better deal than they would have gotten if they bought all of of Anadarko
1: previously. Contiguous, fantastic properties in the Permian. Naya have dramatically underestimated on Wall Street. And uh, the Leviathan field in the Mediterranean may be the largest in the world. And now they have a pipe to Egypt and Jordan from Israel. Next is right to Europe. And then the disintermediation of uh, Gazprom after Merkel leaves, because Merkel somehow, even though maybe she's from East Germany, has favored the Russian pipeline. It can be broken up by Leviathan. So there's a lot of good there. And it's really amazing that you missed yesterday.
3: It is amazing that I missed yesterday. And, uh, you know, but you've made the point many times that these stocks are uninvestable in part because of concerns about investors in terms of fossil fuels and the larger environmental impact and the changes that need to be undertaken at many of these companies, some of which they already are, uh, in order to change their profile so that they become more available to the growing number of of, uh, asset allocators that won't allocate assets to fossil fuel companies, which gets me, by the way, guys, to Apple today. You know, again, these are the kinds of things that I think we would have been talking about Uh, A lot more perhaps prior to the pandemic, we were ESG, its growth continues and Apple today saying we're going to be carbon neutral uh, within 10 years uh, by 2030. And they go into a lot of detail about their 10 year roadmap uh, and how it will lower emissions with a series of what they call innovative actions, including uh, recycling innovations, uh, material recovery lab that they have, and so many other areas in terms of expanding energy efficiency. Remember, guys, Microsoft also told us something similar earlier this year, I think it was, uh, when they said in January that they would be carbon negative by right. 2030 as well. Two of the mm-hmm. largest companies in the world, of course, saying that they're gonna remove all, and Microsoft said they would remove all historic emissions by 2050.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure I see that in the Since Apple release the beginning this of the company. They'll wipe it out. We have to yeah. be careful today, guys. Carl, uh, Okta's down. Z, Zscaler's down. Coupa uh, Software's down. ServiceNow is down. Uh, Vertex is down. Zoom. You're going. Amazon's down. This could be. This could be a day where the Portnoy principle does not come into play.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I see Adobe, uh, Autodesk, Netflix, Jim. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all lower, at least on the, on
1: the NDX. Wow. Maybe stocks do go Uh, down, defying the Portnoy analysis. (laughs)
2: Uh, Microsoft's the only red Dow component. uh, And as uh, David was mentioning, uh, LinkedIn's going to cut 6%. Of its workforce, uh, 960 jobs, uh, according to uh, a post on the site. That's that was interesting. But a reflection, Jim, of what recruitment is like right now in corporate America.
1: Yeah, we had Dan Roth on uh, from LinkedIn at our terrific town hall that we did. Mary Duffy arranged with uh, and Kelly and uh it was a segment where he had four people from the class of 2020 who had great jobs, who lost their jobs. And he was just giving tips about jobs. But the fact is, is that there um, there's not a lot of listings for jobs. It is a very strange time. At the same time, you have the rails on fire, the rails being what's supposed to happen to trigger uh, supposed, they they're a precursor for uh, for a boom. So we have a lot of situations where it is just very hard to fathom. I thought we were going into recession. A lot of stocks are signaling that we're going into acceleration. And uh, that's another thing that's very otherworldly about this market. Oil making its move, finally breaking out above 40. Yes, it's true that there's fossil issues, but people are buying. I think people are thinking that if we flatten the curve, if we all wear masks, then we're going to be like Germany, not like Sweden. It can happen. It can. Yeah. Look, it's not it's a wonderful soon because it's not, I. It's not. We have a lot of kids.
3: We have a lot of kids who'd really like to be attending school in the fall. So the sooner, the better. You know, in Germany, they're not having the conversation about whether there's going to be school. In France, Italy, Spain,
1: even the U.K., they're not having that conversation. We're the only ones having that conversation. Yeah, we're having that. But in Spain, where my daughter was, she was teaching English. If you went outside at the wrong time, you got a 600 euro fine. I mean, David, is that, the kind of, is that the kind of thing you'd like to do to curtail people like that? I don't know. I mean, there's,
3: uh, there's guys pe- taking people off the streets in Portland and putting them into unmarked well, vans. How
1: strong was that guy from the Navy? Wasn't he great? But no, I mean, that's the reverse. Yeah, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> do you know who Karen is? A Carl, does he know who Karen is? Does he, he knows what Karens are. David, do you I mean, know what of course Karen is? You should have
3: those guys, you know, you know what wear a mask Do you know what a Karen I mean. is? Yes. What? Now, yeah, I know what a Karen is. Okay, I know what it is,
1: (laughs) Carl, if we we all start wearing masks and we rule out the Cairns, look, you have to have a mask to go into the store. I mean, think about that Winn-Dixie. They were making a stand. Yeah. A place named Dixie making a stand. I know there's roads named Dixie. I still think it's an oddity in this day and age, uh, but they uh, they ate crow real fast.
3: But once once again, we're getting led by our corporations, Walmart, Target, all of these major. I mean, that that's going to force mask wearing.
1: Well, it's a kleptocracy, dude. Costco record high. Do you know Costco did this first and they were worried that their same store sales numbers would would not go up? And boom, they went up 11 percent because people don't want to die for shopping as much as we love shopping. It's not worth dying. for.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's a good, actually a really good read on, on consumer behavior. We got a Nasdaq record high, s and is now having its best July since 2010, and we're really not that far from S&P's record close of 3386. Let's get to Pisani. Bob.
0: And, uh, Carl, 7 to 1 advancing to declining stocks. That S&P breakout uh, last night at the close was very significant. But let's take a look at the sectors here. I think uh, Jim's got a good point with oil at 42. That's the highest level since early March. Finally broke over that $40 range here, and that's uh, helping lead the market up here. Uh, energy strong, uh, industrial strong, banks, which have been laggards for a long time strong. Tech's a modest laggard. Healthcare slightly positive here. The S&P is positive for the year. I do want to point out almost two thirds of the S&P is down for the year. Now, how does that happen? The S&P is positive and two thirds of the S&P is is negative for the year. Well, it can happen because you get these mega cap stocks moving that David was talking about earlier uh, with Jim when Amazon's up 70 percent in the year. Uh, No typo there. Microsoft, Apple, Facebook. Look at those. And you know, we all know these are close to 20 percent of the S&P 500. It drags them up. Alphabet's at a new high today, by the way. At the same time, you look at the other end of these things, the destruction going on in formerly large sectors like energy, where we have many names down 50 percent or more. uh, On average, they're down 30 to 40 percent. And I think most disconcerting is what's going on in the regional banks Uh, And the decline that we've seen, many regional banks down 30%, but some of them, uh, Wells Fargo, which is really uh, more than a regional bank, but down Comerica, Keycorp. Remember, the S&P financial sector used to be very significant. Now it's only 10%. These sectors get smaller as as, as healthcare and technology get bigger here. A little bit of a concern about a lopsided relationship in the the S&P with the various sectors. So we're in the heart of earnings season. Uh, Unfortunately, the reluctance to give guidance we saw in the second quarter is continuing into the third quarter. Uh, Arvind Krishna at uh, at IBM, very typical of some of the comments here. In April, when we said we'll reevaluate in 90 days, maybe we're a little bit optimistic, he says. Uncertainty in the economy makes us unwilling to provide guidance. A little bit disappointing, but perhaps not surprising. So where are we in all this corporate guidance? We've said many times 40 percent of the S&P 500 declined to provide guidance in the second quarter. Kind of continuing here. So we don't get any guidance from Coca-Cola and IBM. Those are two big ones in the in the Dow, obviously. Although it's not completely devoid of commentary. Lockheed Martin actually gave better guidance than expected. Philip Morris's guidance appears to be above consensus, not by a lot, but it's above consensus. Even UBS over in Europe, they may resume buybacks. That was a surprise. And the credit losses in the second half will be lower than the first half, they said. Well, that's certainly optimistic. So it's not all completely uh, doom and gloom. And you see everything uh, moving up here that had any kind of earnings or commentary about the future today on the upside. Uh, Finally, uh, I said the S&P is turning positive. Actually, there's some real global movement. Now, China's turned positive a long time ago for the year, so the U.S. is up. But Germany turned positive today. The DAX index turned positive for the year, There's a mini rally going on there. They've got a, a deal, of course, on providing stimulus now that's moving. thing. Uh, Korea also turned positive uh, as well. And Taiwan, which has been getting kudos from everybody in the world about their handling of the COVID case, also has turned positive for the year. So there's some mini rallies going on um, around the world that's giving some hope to investors. Guys, back to you.
2: Okay, Bob. See you later. Uh, Bob Bassani. As Bob says, uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average eyeing 27K once again, led by Koch. And we'll talk to James Quincy in the next hour of Squawk on the Street. Don't go away. We're watching the progress of uh, Congress's move to extend benefits in the wake of COVID-19. Now some news from Pelosi. Let's get to Elon Mui. Hey, Elon.
4: Hi, Carla. The White House is starting to
2: talk to Democrats about that next relief package. A source tells me that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi did have a conversation yesterday with the Treasury Secretary, where they discussed housekeeping items as well as a timetable. Pelosi apparently telling her Democratic caucus this morning that she believes that they can resolve their differences and that she does hope to have a negotiated bill by the end of next week. So some news on a timetable there from Pelosi, the conversation that she had with the Treasury Secretary, all of this coming as Republicans try to get on the same page themselves. And we await the Republican package from Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. But it does look like those conversations with Democrats are already starting to get underway, even ahead of the meeting this afternoon, guys. Back over to you. All right, Elon, thank you for that. Yeah, important to watch uh, the TikTok On all of that, Jim, even as we pay some attention to Biden today, he's going to talk about the the third leg of the stool of his economic plan, essentially raising taxes on real estate investors to pay for more child care facilities, elderly facilities uh, and that kind of thing.
1: Right. I I think that those are uh, relatively painless. I do think that the uh, talk about the breaks for real estate. What I think is really important is, is that neither party wants to be seen as not having done anything. Uh, when these unemployment benefits, the $600 ends. Uh, So there really is a gun to their heads. Uh, I have Nancy Pelosi tomorrow, and I know that the Speaker does not want to be the uh, person who stands in the way of putting money in people's hands when we're about to have the next leg of the recession. And it's certainly not in the Republicans' interest to not do it. I mean, we're printing money anyway, and the rates are really low. I think that, look, we're in—if we can bridge to the the vaccine, if that's possible— then we're going to come out okay, particularly if we wear masks. So there is an optimistic scenario here. Bob Pisani with an amazing stat, which is two-thirds of the S&P are down. You would change that if you got a vaccine within the next six months, you had masks to bridge it for health care, and you had the Congress uh, and Secretary Mnuchin giving us extra money in our pockets to get there. Particularly, Secretary Mnuchin has always wanted to help the businesses where he always called a business interruption insurance. I mean, look, I, I have a bar, right? I mean, we're We were closed yesterday because the government closed us. Is that our fault? I mean, and and believe me, I I unfortunately can afford it. But there are 15 million people in that industry who can't afford that to happen. So I feel that there's something good going to happen there. I really do.
2: Let's hope so, Jim. Uh, This report out of the Partnership for New York suggesting that a third of small business in New York City could close forever is a dark, dark report. Oh, that's true. And we hope uh, we're not going to go anywhere it's, near that. Yeah, it's, it's true. Uh, we'll take a quick break here. More Squawk on the Street continues in a moment. Energy is the standout this morning. WTI near 42 and a half. Uh, Exxon and Chevron lead the Dow. And the S&P gainers are all in the space with Oxy and Debit at the top. We're back in a moment.
1: Let's get to gym and stop trading. There's amazing stock uh, Owens and Minor OMI that makes P uh, makes uh, PPE makes the stuff that you need to be able to uh, fight this uh, frontline people. And I am surprised that the stock the company was on uh, mad money, and they told a story that basically they are at the front lines. They are doing everything, and you know what? Nobody cares. It, it, it was amazing. So look at that gain. That gain's not done. I mean, this company—it used to be a great company that got, uh, got in, too indebted, and it's medical and surgical supplies that are in short supply, and it's doing terrifically. This and uh, by the way, this and Opco, which is BioReference Lab, they're turning out to be the picks and pans. They're, the, uh, they're like gold mines. You don't bet on the gold miners. You bet on the companies that supply them. Owens and Miner, really amazing. And Opco, BioReference Lab, announced last night on Mad Money, that they got the NFL contract. So these are the stocks, the small cap stocks that people should be buying, not the ones that are just four letters and nobody knows what they mean.
2: Hmm. Interesting, Jim. Uh, Yeah, yeah, a lot of discussion as we await basketball that – the bubbles are working, right? I mean, we're yes. keeping caseloads to a minimum uh, virtually across all sports in these bubbles.
1: Absolutely. Bioreference is going to test uh, NFL players constantly. Uh, I felt that more emboldened that the season's going to occur because they're involved. Uh, there's no lead time. They're just going to be in there. You get, the, you get the hour test, get a five-hour test. I mean, they're going to be tested right before the game. I think that this is uh, amazing. And it's this Bioreference Lab, which is owned by, uh, by OPK. And uh, what a stock— That is becoming. It was a bad stock for a long time, but not anymore. One of the best there is. Opco Health. Wow, that chart is daunting. But uh, I've got the other one. I've got Okta. Besides besides Opco, I like Okta, which is a passport identification for yourself. I've got Logitech, which is the uh, company that makes... Uh, a lot of the equipment to be able to do gaming. We see the gaming stocks uh, pretty much every day. And then a popular speculative speculative stock, one that David can remember because it always picks its head up right about now. Plug power, hydrogen power, David. You've always been a believer. I know. Well, tonight is your night.
3: Don't drag me into this. No. Oh man, that one I remember that name. Yeah, there's a and, lot on both sides of that
1: one. Every top oh, plug power yeah. finds its way on this show, doesn't it? Well, I don't know, Carl. Maybe it's right. just I'm a, a fuddy duddy. I'm just not used to stocks going up fifty billion dollars in a day. It's di- <laughs> that is different, David. See, that's not the same. No, it's not the same. And wear but a mask make, everywhere in mm, these but ones accepting are it special and filter. Loud, yeah, look at this special filter. Mm-hmm. You get to look just like Spider Man. Nice. I, I feel more comfortable nice. in it than I don't. I just like to have it on when I walk around the house. That's what kind of mask you need. Will you keep me one? Can I get one? I'll give you some history yeah, first. Yeah, I'd like when too. You can have one, too. They're, <laughs> they're available. They're available. They're, uh, they're uh, Amazon. Hey, look, we got to go, OK? But I'll talk to you later. We got to go. We got to go. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.